Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here in Mike K's apartment, actually. We, we did a different location today. Uh, we're here for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. Um, preview pod came a little later in the day, but it actually wound up being a good thing because there's some news that just kind of came out that we probably anticipated anyway. Um, I will say I, I, I haven't been at as much Eagles availability this week because I've been helping out the Giants, so Mike will have some more stuff in the locker room. But the injury report just came out a little bit ago. Uh, it's not good. Uh, Lane Johnson is out with a concussion as, as Jack starts barking in the background. <laughs> uh, Jordan Howard is questionable. Alshon Jeffrey is questionable. Nelson Aguilar is questionable. Rudy Ford is out. Nigel Bradham will play. So there's like minimal good news in there. But, uh, I mean, I've been saying all week, whether it's on the podcast or just talking to Mike, that if they don't have Lane Johnson and Jordan Howard, I just don't think they win this game. It seems like people are still optimistic around town. Uh, I don't know what, what your vibe is around the locker room, but when you – you kind of probably expected this news, right? Yeah, I mean, this was coming. Um, I do think one of the wide receivers will be available. Yeah. Probably leaning more towards Alshon Jeffrey. We talked to Nelson Aguilar in the locker room on Thursday, and he said that he felt better uh, after a day of rest. So a lot of us assumed that he would work on that lighter practice on Friday. I didn't see him. I saw Jeffrey Lurie. I did not see <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. So um, that is a problem. Uh I wouldn't play him personally. Um, I know a lot of people have like kind of mused that maybe he's being punished a little bit. I don't think that's no. the case. Um, we'll probably have a really good indication of who's going to play or if at least one of them is going to play uh, by what they do on Saturday. They could promote, you know, uh, yeah. Greg Ward or Rob Davis from might, the practice squad. It might make squad. sense. To requ- I mean, unless they're both going to play, I guess. It kind of makes sense to call one guy up, right? I mean, yeah, I agree. But even if both are active, the big thought process going into this game should be, hey, let's take the water wings off J.J. or single white side. I don't know what you're missing. Um, I Like, look, we can't watch practice. We don't know if he's falling on his face through half of his routes, but if he's anything like the player that he was in college or in the preseason, they could use that guy. He made a very impressive catch in the fourth quarter last week, that 29-yard gain, showed some athleticism there. Look, Matt Collins doesn't know, even know where to line up half the time. So, I don't like, know, not according to Carson Walsh. <laughs> oh, poor Carson Walsh. Um, I mean, it seems like Carson Walsh has as much impact on the passing game as Carson Wentz when his wide receivers can't make catches. Like <laughs> which, that, which, is, which is little. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. There you go. You got the joke. Um, but yeah, Jordan Howard, I don't think will play. I do think they're a lot more confident in Miles Sanders and Boston Scott than 
maybe what was put out there last week after last week's loss where they said they couldn't maintain drives and stuff like that. Atlanta Jai, they get a full week of too. Right. Uh, I expect him to get a handful of carries. The thing is, the big storyline, though, you brought up Lane Johnson not being around. It's going to be Andre Dillard probably going up against Jadavian Clowney pretty with a significant amount of snaps. Um, he said today in the locker room that moving from left tackle to right tackle is like being right-handed and writing an essay with your left hand. Yikes. Okay. I, I can't write with my left hand. It looks bad. So <laughs> See, I'm a lefty, and I know writing so with my right hand yeah. would be yeah. terrible. It's like shooting with your off hand. Like, yeah. I mean, that's how he's a – I mean, to his – like, he's never played the position in his career. Yeah, I mean – Dating back to high school. Like, he's never done it. A lot of people are getting upset over his quote, but, like – He was being honest. He was yeah. being honest. Like, I respect his honesty. And, and the thing is, is I don't – I actually think this is the right call yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, Doug Peterson trusts Jeff Stoutland as he should. Jeff Stoutland might be the best offensive line coach in the entire league. Um, the reason why you do this, and maybe I'm overthinking it. Oh, me, no way, right? Um, <laughs> if you have Big V as your starting right tackle, your next line of defense for four positions is Matt Pryor. Uh, Andre Dillard wouldn't get the cross training at right tackle because you'd need to prepare Vitae, so he could only back up left tackle. This way, if you start Dillard and he struggles or gets injured, you have an immediate replacement in Andre Dill uh, in uh, excuse me, Big V. Uh, Big V also can play right guard. He can play left tackle. If um, you know Jason Kelsey suffers an injury, you move Isaac Samalo to center, and Matt, and then uh, you know. You can decide whether you want V or, or Matt Pryor to play left guard. If Jason Peters has his inevitable one injury a game, you've got Vitae there to back him up. Plus, on top of that, Vitae was terrible last week in spot duty. So I think when you look at this group as a whole, I actually think that Andre Dillard's a better run blocker than Vitae, and I think that could help them after what they saw last week against the Patriots. I while yes, it's the right decision, that still doesn't leave you with a lot of confidence going oh, into this game. Not. Like Clowney is a mismatch. You know, I there's always there's always been a lot of talk how he doesn't get as many sacks as he'd won, but he's a way more impactful player than like the numbers would indicate. I think he has only Brandon Graham has more pressures than him this season, uh, among Eagles defensive ends. He I mean he's just a pro like so I think the reason why a lot of people have said the Eagles can beat the Seahawks is because they have like one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, I guess, right? Yeah. Um but I don't. Do the Eagles have the passing offense to like take advantage of that? I'm not. I'm not really sure. Like, so throughout this week, have you still felt like they have a chance to win this game? I do. In that, the Seahawks don't need this game. The Eagles really, re like, if the Eagles win this game, it's a toss up between them and Dallas yeah. the, the rest of the way. Uh, think about it this way: if they beat Seattle and New England beats Dallas. Which team do you feel better about at that point with the schedule? Yeah, just based on yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, Right. So, like, I think they're due for an upset win. I think last week was very progressive from the standpoint of a defensive uh, mode. They ha they've utilized Jannard Avery very well. I think that the cornerbacks are playing much, much better than yeah. the product that was out there during the first eight weeks. Um you know, I think in a way you could look at Jalen Mills as Craven LeBlanc last year. Like he's kind of the tone setter, the guy that came in and, and kind of fixed everything. Um, 
they're getting Nigel Bradham back, who I don't think is much of an upgrade over Nathan Gary, but if you can have Nathan Gary, Camus out there, or Nathan or, or uh, Nigel Bradham, TJ Edwards, and Camus, I think you're, you've got a better look than you probably did before Nigel Bradham went down. Um, you can say what you want about Nate Gary, but he has played well in the passing game for the most part. You know, he's got a lot more experience now. Um, and I think if we're being honest with ourselves, their depth isn't that great at linebacker anyway. So anyone you choose, it's kind of like a pick your poison. I think Camus, now that he's healthy, uh, he looked healthy against the, the Patriots. You're in better shape. Uh, and then the defensive line, Timmy Jernigan, you know, has played a couple of games now and he's back to in, in his, in his mold and, uh, Fletcher Cox is ready. So uh, yeah, I, I think, I think the Eagles will be fine from a defensive standpoint they've just always struggled against russell wilson so i'm very intrigued by that yeah um and i know it's come up it's probably come up this week a few times i saw somebody wrote about it but like in retrospect now do you do you think the eagles should have traded for Clowney? like just knowing how number one how good he is and number two that it didn't actually cost that much yeah with hindsight sure sure with hindsight Yeah. yeah um I mean, look, Derek Barnett has had some positive moments. Uh, Brandon Graham has actually played very, very well. Um, defensive end's not as big of a problem as we maybe thought it was going to be. Right, and I don't think the defensive line is as big of a problem as it was weeks ago. I think Malik J- losing Malik Jackson really hurt them in those yeah. first eight weeks. They've kind of found ways to kind of get around that by moving Brandon Graham inside. And, and um, I really like this Anthony Rush kid uh, based on what I've seen on film. And... You know, it, it'll be interesting to see how this group morphs because I think having Timmy Jernigan allows Fletcher Cox to eat. And when Fletcher Cox can eat, he's a pretty hungry guy and he <laughs> he makes a lot of plays. Yeah. Um, so was, was there anything to come out of locker room this week that kind of stands out outside of like these obvious, like, I mean, the concerns being Jordan Howard and Lane Johnson, which has kind of been the, the through line throughout the week. But has there been anything else that kind of was interesting to you? I mean, I think J.J. walks... JJ's been walking around like somebody who's going to be involved, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't think his confidence is is neglected by the lack of playing time. Obviously, we'll bring it up. He had Nelson, a couple good plays last week. Yeah, we'll bring it up because Nelson brought it up. But obviously, there was some talk of Nelson uh, yeah. Pablo possibly having a burner account. Sorry, it was so you dumb. and I text message. We weren't going to address it publicly unless he did. And I mean, really, we never thought it was that. I mean, at least I didn't. I didn't sound Look, like we, you we don't know. We technically don't know if it's him or not him, like, but it seems pretty insane that somebody would use a burner account with their middle name as the username. So maybe it's a family member, maybe it's somebody who knows him, maybe it's a fan who thought it'd be funny to do this. Like, it was just like so obvious what they were doing that maybe Philadelphia is is geared to like know what, when this is coming after the Brian Colangelo fiasco last year. Like, the, it was there was so much like Twitter detectives that uncovered stuff. Uh, I just. Like for people to like accuse him of something without actually knowing is seems pretty ridiculous to well, me. But and to and to think he has his flaws certainly. Like he's a guy that definitely like has had some trouble in this city and handling the pressure of it. But I I just don't think this is what happened. And look, I'm not going to say we know a guy because I've covered guys that have ended up being, being bad the, people off being the field bad or whatever, people yeah. off the field. But we are around him pretty much every day during four months of the season and training camp. And he's the type of guy, in my experience at least, that will call you out to your face if he has a problem with you. He also just came off a press conference after a game. I was the first person to get to him. He's like, hey, do you have any quick hits uh, for me? Like two questions, basically. 
I asked those two questions, and the swarm of media came around, and he answered every single question like a champ. I just, it doesn't make, it wouldn't make sense to me. Also, worth noting, I saw that he, that, that account favorited a couple of Fire Micro tweets. Uh, he loves Micro. Loves Micro. Although they did so, yell at each other at one point last year, but yeah. Right, but <laughs> they have a really he, he has, good relationship. He has talked really well, highly of him, yeah. Yeah, they have a good relationship. I mean, he's, he did the, out of all five receivers coaches he's played for, Gro did the best job with him, so. right. And Gro defended him this week, by the way, which he got right. some flack for the way he phrased it. So, so I was there on Tuesday, and uh, he basically, Mike Gro was basically asked, like, has he regressed since 2017? And Gro like staunchly defended him and says, mm-hmm. "I see the same player." Which, by any two eyes, you could see that he's not the same player that he was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the reason, maybe he, maybe it's because they see him in practice and he's still the same athlete, and maybe he's catching him in practice. But when he goes out on Sundays, he's not the same player. But but Gro and him have a good relationship. What I think is it, I think this coaching staff in a lot of ways has failed a lot of the players on the field. They're not putting guys in position. I know they there's injuries and there's other circumstances. And in honestly, Howie hasn't done a very good job of alter, uh, of adjusting midseason to roster moves and that stuff. But like, I mean, Nelson shouldn't be playing the X, the Y, and the Z receiver. Like, he's just not. Well, that, that was Gro's excuse for why the production's been down for him is that they use him at multiple positions. Well, you're the one that assigns yeah, him multiple exactly. positions. Yeah. And you have said, uh, and not it, you, but Mike Gro <laughs> has said that, you know, yeah, it's, Mike. it's taken time for JJ to kind of learn other positions. Well, he played all three positions in college, so it's not like he's completely inept when it comes to that. I mean, you need to figure out a way. It's mostly terminology, so... It, you've got to figure out a way to get it into the rookie's head. And, and frankly, he's looked better than Matt Collins in as, almost every pass. As, as JJ explained it last week, he's like, so if you're the one position, you have 100 plays you need to know. And then if you add another position as a receiver, there's 100 plays. Like, I, it's, it's a lot. It's more plays is more. It's like the terminology, like you're saying. It's not like he can physically run out there and run around from any of those positions. Like, right. That, that, there's no. It still blows my mind last week that he played as little as he did. I just like to me at what point. You can talk about the slow build for a guy. Like, look, DJ Chark last year had a pretty mediocre rookie season, and now he's, he's come back great. and he's yeah. been phenomenal. So, like, I mean, I, I was even thinking about this just being over at the Giants because, like, I was just thinking about the NFC East and the young receivers that these young quarterbacks have. So, Darius Slayton kind of has come, he was a fifth round pick, kind of come out of nowhere. I don't think even the Giants thought he would be as productive. He had 10 catches for like 120 yards and two touchdowns, which yep. only like a few rookies in NFL history have ever even done. Um, so, so Daniel Jones is going to be able to develop with him over the next few years. The Redskins, Dwayne Haskins has Terry McLaurin, who would be mm-hmm. the number one receiver on the Eagles. Uh, the Cowboys have Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, but we can just say Michael Gallup for the sake mm-hmm. of this young guy under contract for a while. Like, the Eagles don't trust enough in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to show that he's going to be that guy. And if he's not that guy for the next three years, they don't have that guy. And so, so you're, you're, you're almost hurting Carson Wentz's development by not surrounding him with this talent because – if if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, then if and he made it next year for the first time, his first playoff game will come when he's twenty eight years old because his birthday is like December thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're if they get a receiver this offseason that finally is good enough, he's still going to only be a rookie. So like they they've just like done really like I know like we've said Carson Wentz deserves criticism, but just in terms of like even the future and you know you have to put young players around an expensive quarterback at this point. They just haven't done it. Yeah, they haven't done a good job of developing the wide receiver position in a really long at time. All, yeah. I, I mean, 
It, this was a problem in the Andy Reid days, by the right, way, too. Yeah, until Deshaun I, came in. Deshaun and Jeremy Macklin kind of broke yeah, the mold. Yeah, but before that, was, I mean, this was how it was every year. It was Todd Pinkson and James Thrash. Like, right. Charles Johnson and Reggie Brown. Reggie Brown was actually pretty I, good. I was a big Reggie Brown. He was one that looked like he was going to hit, and then he didn't. I mean, Torrance Small. Like, the fact that I didn't remember all these names <laughs> yeah. kind of blows my mind right now. But until they traded for Terrell Owens, that flamed out real quick. And then they... They drafted Reggie draft, Brown, but Reggie Brown, Brown actually got put in a really tough position because remember he came in the year that T.O. kind of held out, and so he had immediately be the number one guy. And then by the all, time, you know, yeah. well, I mean, also like, so for all the excuses Wentz gets, Donovan McNabb was still putting up numbers and winning mm-hmm. with bad receivers. I know they had a great, great defense back then, and they the tight ends were different back then. They had solid tight ends, a great offensive line. The Eagles aren't that dissimilar around Carson Wentz right now. The defense isn't as amazing as it was back then. Right. But, but like, I don't know. I mean, he's <laughs> the, got a better it just, tight it end. Just, I just have thought about that a bunch recently. This just feels so much like those days, except the Eagles are paying. Their, like, they were, they just wouldn't pay receivers back then. Right. Like, they wouldn't go out and get them. They're, they went out and got them, and they just have done a bad job of integrating and developing them. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're putting in a – like, we talk about Matt Collins all the time. If Matt Collins is supposed to be a really good special teams ace, and like that's his first thought, then, just, just make him then that. make yeah. him that. Yeah. I haven't really even noticed him all that much on special teams. They, like, they haven't played him as much since he became like a starter. Right? Yeah. But the whole reason why you yeah. drafted him is because he and was why to be that, he made the that team asset. over Greg Ward. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, it'd be one thing if you integrated him the way that the Eagles integrated Rudy Ford into being that third safety role, right? You brought him in as a special teams ace, developed him up a little, developed bit. developed him up, let him learn the playbook but you know i mean you could argue mac collins has been the offense for three years but you wouldn't know it by looking at him you also i think as we're talking it's become obvious that jim schwartz is better at developing young players than doug peterson is absolutely so there was a quote that you actually got out of him from Gennard avery where yeah. he, where he said slip of the it might have been a slip of the tongue a little bit maybe right and the quote isn't as like biting as is is i probably thought it was initially but he said when they got Avery, they needed to have a specific game plan for him. What does that remind you of? Golden, Golden Tate. Tate. Golden I mean, uh, Tate. We don't know how to integrate this guy. Right. <laughs> it just shows you, like, Schwartz has a better control and understanding of developing players because he's been around and been a head coach and kind of knows what it's he like. He learned from Bill Belichick. Right, yeah. He knows what it is to wear that big hat. The hard hat, I guess. Um, but I will say this. What was interesting today, they came out today, today is Friday, we're recording this on a Friday, um, Jeff McLean from the Inquirer asked Doug Peterson, he phrased it almost basically like this, Jeff Stoutland's a run game coordinator, so is Mike Rowe the passing game coordinator? What does he do, basically? <laughs> right. And he and Doug said that's the black and white of it, which is interesting because I think that's like the most like general description that we've gotten about Crow. Because then nobody can ever tell us what he does. About right, him. right. And the passing game, and it makes sense. He was a wide receivers coach and a quarterback in college. So if you want to blame him for the passing game, I guess he kind of gave you the opening. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's weird. I do think a lot of people are calling for Micro's head, but I also think. A very good chunk of the problem is Doug Peterson, um, his in-game adjustments, and then Howie Roseman's inability to supplement the the, the The lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't think it's all Mike Grow. Like I'm not trying to defend Mike Grow, but I think when when Howie and Doug evaluate this season and this staff, they might say to themselves, "You know what? I could have done a better job of this and give him kind of." 
the buffer there, maybe yeah. before getting demoted or fired. And you know, I saw something uh, online today with somebody like asking if the Eagles should hire Jay Gruden as their next offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. The Eagles aren't going to get a Jay Gruden to be their offensive coordinator because a guy like that wants to call the plays, and he's going to yeah. come here and he's going to be second to Doug. Doug, if he's going to get a veteran guy, it has to be a guy who. Is either already retired or is close to it, and just wants to kind of be an advisor because it, it would he be, needs a Gary Cooper. It would be, yeah, it would be yeah. yeah, or you know, like uh, I'm blanking on. I just blanked on the, the guy. There's an old defensive coordinator. I can't. Oh, Monty Kiffin. He was like kind of hanging around. It was in college, but he was like hanging around helping Lane. He was Kiffin. in Jacksonville too. Yeah, he was in Jack. Like they, he. I think he just needs another adult in the room because it's a lot of inexperienced guys. Besides Jeff Stoutland, who I think has a lot more influence, at least on the running game, mm-hmm. than I think people may realize, but. Um, I mean, maybe he should be the offensive coordinator. I don't know. That would be interesting. I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm not taking him away from the offensive line, but yeah. it's a, it's worth a thought. Yeah, but, yeah. but like, I mean, I don't know because I don't know if Doug wants to give up that that power. Like, he's a guy that has said he doesn't need the personnel power, and it's probably because he knows he can control everything that happens on offense. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting. I mean, we'll go into that probably quite a bit over the next month. But yeah. I mean, a lot of people want to put their finger on one thing, and it's. This, a lot of te- things, this yeah. team has a plethora of things that could really use some fixing, uh, and it's and it's funny. It's like it's a bunch, like it's a bunch of small things. Where if they just did like one of the small things differently, they'd be okay right now. You know, all the small things. And maybe so. There was this time I, my brother and I missed our flight. We had to go to California for a funeral, um, and so we we took our time leaving for the airport. We we went to a parking lot. Where we had a we had to drive around for a while, uh, we stopped to get some food. We took our time, and then we didn't realize that we got to the to the the gate too late, and we missed the flight. And it's because if we did any of those small things, so stupid small things we did to like stop to go to the bathroom, we we wouldn't have missed the flight. And I just, I just kind of think of that with with Howie here because if he had gotten one more receiver, if he had you know just all these things we've talked about over the last few months like they would have won another game or two remember everything matters that's the yeah, slogan and that, this and year. that's what they yeah <laughs> i mean they said it like they're unless you they have bad like wide receivers they never like it when we throw stuff back in their faces for some reason but that's the reality of it fair um so there's a game on sunday is right <laughs> yeah this is supposed to be a preview pod um <laughs> but but it's it's hard to like just with this team, it's like sometimes hard to just focus on individual games. Sometimes, you yeah. Know? I was saying to another writer that like it's really tough to write about a five and five team, right? Because it's not like they're not bad, they're not great. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I'll say: the key to this game, duh, is stopping Russell Wilson. Yes. They have got to contain him. Now, a lot of people don't want Nathan Gary starting at linebacker in this game. You probably do, just because if you're going to designate a spy. Nathan Gary would be the guy. Uh, yes, that rhymed. I didn't mean to. Um, so that's interesting to me. Um, I don't think their passing game is that scary. Russell's been doing some crazy stuff, getting the most out of his weapons. Well, the receivers are pretty scary. Yeah, Tyler Lockett is dealing with an injury. Um, DK, DK Metcalf is has been terrific. I just think he doesn't match up all that well against the corners because they can be physical. Uh, you want Jalen Mills on, on on a corner like that. I mean, on a wide receiver like that. Not that I'm saying DK won't make plays, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, 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 no, do I mean, th- the corners have been really good for sure. Yeah, I think if, if Jalen Mills continues to play at the level that he is, Chris, I think Chris Carson's really good out of the backfield. Yes, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. 
Carson is really good. And this is going to be a rainy, rainy day. There's a 20%, or sorry, there's a 90% chance of rain. 90, oh. Yeah, and it, the wind's going to be somewhere around uh, 15 to 20 miles per hour. Um, wind at that level with rain, it's going to be a sloppy football game. Like, kind of like the Buffalo game. Right. There's going to be showers into the afternoon. It's gonna be you soggy. You need to take a shower. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're really into that, um, so that's gonna make this a run game first thing, and that could be very difficult for the Eagles if they're not tackling well. And then offensively, if they don't have Jordan Howard, which they probably won't. So. Right. Um, I do. Like I said, I do think they have a lot more confidence in their running game. I do think they like their offensive line against the defensive line, even with Dillard going up against Clowney. I think the rest of the group. Um, the Seahawks are talented up front, but they're also like bigger guys. So when you have an athletic offensive line, sometimes you can have an advantage in that way. Um, especially if you're running a lot of screens, which I think they will in this game, given the weather and given the fact that they've got to really rely on Miles Sanders and, and Boston Scott. I thought Boston Scott showed some stuff last week. Um, at wide receiver, I mean, whatever. <laughs> the matchup that I really want to see, though. Zach Ertz versus Michael Kendricks. Oh, They've yeah. been using Kendricks as kind of like a zone blitzer. He'll drop into coverage too. But I'm guessing Zach Ertz kind of wants the smoke this week. I, I really like... His old buddy. Yeah. Uh, Zach left the... Zach didn't really talk to the media this week. And oh, I'm really? I'm wondering... I mean, I'm... You know... If I was trying to avoid the media this week, that would probably be well, after the question. After Gilmore's comments last week too. Right. Yeah, true. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. like... Zach Ertz is going to have a monster game in this you one. You think so? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I don't know if that's going to make the difference, but I do think that he is gearing up to just rage. At some point, somebody else besides him has to step up, though. Right, and I think Dallas Goddard... Like, a lot of people can look at the Dallas Goddard numbers and not be impressed. I, I think he's been good. Yeah. I think he's been really good. So, I mean, he looks like another Zach Ertz out there, honestly. Yeah, I but mean... he just doesn't get the targets. It's going to be another tight end game. Yeah. But so. but I, I just don't see them winning unless Alshon Jeffrey is Alshon Jeffrey. Fair enough. Uh, but I guess we can get to uh, predictions. What, what Do you remember what you had for yours? No, but it, it's kind of changed now with the... Well, yeah, with the injuries. But Yeah, I'm going to go with Seahawks 23, Eagles 19. Actually, I think that's what I had. It was either 24, 19, yeah, or 23. Pull it up right now. You had Seahawks 23, Eagles 19. Oh, okay, So cool. you're changing it to the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just how they score. That's uh, I had a little more blowouty. I had, oh, not, not really. I mean, Seahawks 23, Eagles 13. I still am just of the mind that... I don't. I just don't see where the points are coming from in this offense, especially with Howard and Jordan Johnson out. So, um, I I don't know what the number is, but they have like a long losing streak against the Seahawks, right? Isn't yeah, that like it's four thing? game, four straight games. But uh, it's like dating back like a long time or something, right? Well, yeah, it's it's like Chip Kelly era. But well, it says the Eagles haven't beat the Seahawks in Philadelphia in thirty years, so that's what it is. <laughs> hey, no time like. But here's the thing: when it's rainy, when your back's hey, against Seahawks the wall, live in the rain. No, it's true. Um, but when it's a rainy game, yeah. it kind of evens things out. When when you need a game way more than your opponent, I'm not saying Seattle's going to take this like laying down, but I just think this could be a game where they pull off an upset. They almost pulled off an upset against the Patriots last week, and I actually think the Patriots are a better team than the Seahawks, to be honest with you. So you want to get into some comments? Yeah, we got a lot, actually. Boom, go for it. Um... 
By the way, do you think the Cowboys... What do you think happens with the Cowboys-Patriots game? I think the Patriots uh, win in a nail-biter. I think... Like, I actually think Dallas matches le- up relatively well. Yeah, they, well. they do. I, I think the Cowboys... It's going to be... I think that's going to be a really good game, actually. Yeah. Um, Mr. Ridley says, Grow needs to go. Losing Jackson Hurt. It should have decimated everything on offense. You're not wrong. Little Penguin. It's a good name. Says Carson... Oh, he even has a picture of a penguin on here. Wow. Carson had a bad game this week. But if Aguilar catches that one pass, we're probably not even talking about it anyway. Carson definitely misses it to Sean. Uh, Marlon Davis says, Philly can't do wins like they did McNabb. Go out and get the guy legit receivers, and their investment will pay off with Carson. That's what we said. Uh, Kaleo Kamekona says, supposedly Shelton Gibson, when he was on the team, was good at tracking the ball. LOL. Maybe he should give some advice to Aguilar or something. <laughs> Shelton Gibson needs to give Aguilar some advice. I haven't thought is about he still on, Is he still on the Browns practice squad? I don't even I'm know. I'm sure he is. Um, I hope so. Ahmad Salman, I want the Eagles to win against Seahawks, but if Howard and Jeffrey don't play, chances are they'll lose the game. Marcel Powell says, here's my issue. I hear a lot of fans say this is the same team Nick Foles had. That's the problem. Other teams got younger, and this team got older. I disagree that it's the same team, but I do agree that they did get older yes. when they shouldn't have. Uh, Brent Donaldson, there's zero creativity this year, and yes, it's on the old slow talent and injuries. Doug and Mike Grubb have been awful this year. Yep. Well, um, I wouldn't say Doug's been awful, but he, he's, he's been, just been inconsistent. Right, yeah. Even though over the course of a game, which I think has been one of his biggest problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I can't read all of these because there's a lot, but let's see. <laughs> this misspelling is funny, so I'm going to read it. Tyrone Babb says, every time that Boston scoot guy... Touches the ball, I get very scared. I think he's going to fumble the ball. I would cut him. I don't like him on the team. Jeez. Rough. <laughs> Boston Scoot. Boston Scoot. <laughs> it's actually like a good name for like a small running back, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it would. Well, he scoots. You know, scoots out All right, Boston Scoot. How did you think you played today? All right, uh, let's see. I like see. Boston Scoot. <laughs> he's a good guy. Cooper Klein. Carson, pl- Car- Carson played with Deshaun for one game. Carson is the problem. Wait, he's... Doesn't really make sense. Uh, last year, Nick took the exact same team. Oh, I see what he's saying. Last year, Nick took the exact same team. Carson had the playoffs and won a playoff game. Carson holds the ball too long and misses on basic throws. The team just looks slow and uninterested when he's the QB. He gets way too many passes. When, in my opinion, he's the issue. Other than that, you like Carson. <laughs> I'll say this: Nick looked terrible against Chicago in that playoff game. Yeah, he, he was bad at that. That he quote won. Um, I mean, he wasn't great in this. He had a couple good throws in the Saints game, but he wasn't great in that right. one. Either. They were good the first two drives, and yeah. they lost Brandon. He was great in the Texans game, and he was great in the Rams game. Well, I wouldn't say great. In the okay, Rams the Texans game, game he was the phenomenal. The Texans game might be the best regular, regular season, season besides maybe the seven touchdown, but that didn't matter. So. Right, and they were playing a terrible Rams yeah. team. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess our vibe is like this could be close, but it couldn't. It might not be like I I, I don't know like, like if the Eagles win it'll be close if they lose it could be more than close. right I think the I think the Dillard dynamic is is what is my biggest concern look I think if Jordan Howard gets cleared for contact Saturday the Eagles chances of winning this game go, go up. up pretty large yeah, I would I would lean, I would at very least make it a closer game in that right direction, yeah. so I mean if that'll be worth watching I don't think he plays no. for what it's worth even though he did practice I mean it, it is alarming. It's almost by on Sunday. It'll be three weeks since he has been cleared for contact, which is ideal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not. No, <laughs> no, not ideal at all. But at least he's been in practice. He knows the game plan. I mean, look. I think what'll inevitably happen. There's three guys that are questionable: Jordan Howard, Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar. I think Jeffrey plays. I don't think the other two do. All right. Well, we'll end on that note. Um, 
check back Sunday. We should have a post game pod for you. Uh, might sound a little different, but you'll have to find that out on Sunday night. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Leave some comments and uh, tell us some of your predictions for Sunday. Thanks.